Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Why does making friends as an adult feel so What hard? should I wear on a first date? What the date? hell is a foreign But that why was not good. So what do I want my life to look like in five years? We, we want to know too. Since 2012, the Every Girl has been an online destination to help women around the world achieve the life of their dreams. Now, we're excited to bring you the same inspiring content with the Every Girl Podcast. Today's episode of the Every Girl Podcast is brought to you by Cove the premier online treatment platform for migraine sufferers. Did you know women make up 85% of migraine sufferers? I am one of them. And if you're anything like me and tired of dealing with migraines, visit withcove.com to set up a quick online consultation today. Filling out the survey was so eye-opening and helpful for me to identify frequency, severity, triggers, and other symptoms I experience with my migraines. And it was such a relief to be able to talk to a doctor that specializes in migraines. And I got a prescription medication delivered to my doorstep, plus other supplements to help keep my migraines at bay, all from the ease and comfort of my own home. To book your own virtual consultation and get the treatment you need to stop the pain, visit www.withcove.com backslash everygirl today. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Every Girl Podcast. Elena, I am so excited for everyone to hear this interview because not to be dramatic, but it's honestly pretty mind-blowing. I know. It is so good. So our first guest, we are speaking with Regina Bonds, who is a confidence coach and a sought-after speaker, mentor, and confidence expert. She's also the expert I interviewed for an article titled, I asked a confidence coach how to be more confident in any situation and her tips will change your life. And spoiler alert, they really will change your life. We'll link to the article in the show notes if you're interested in reading. I remember when that article was published. I mean, it had like 100,000 page views in a few days. We were all talking about it in our team meeting. And we just knew we wanted to bring her on the podcast to hopefully share her advice with even more people. It makes so much sense. Everyone struggles with self-esteem at some point, and every one of us can afford to improve our self-love and confidence, especially with imposter syndrome and negative body image being so prevalent. We all need to know that confidence and self-love doesn't just happen to you based on circumstances like you finally love yourself, when you lose 10 pounds, or when you get a promotion. There are skills that consistently need to be worked on. And in this episode, we really dive into improving confidence in all kinds of ways. I asked Regina specifically, like how to not let outside judgments or criticism affect the way you view yourself. And she offered really helpful advice that I just can't wait for everyone to hear. Honestly, this episode really changed the way I look at confidence because her definition is not the way we usually think about it. So I had so many aha moments from this episode that I've really put into practice since. So everybody out there, send this episode to your work wife, sister, anyone you know who could use a confidence boost. And on that note, please welcome Regina Bonds to the Every Girl Podcast.
thank you guys for having me. I'm excited to be here. So excited to have you. I'm Elena. <laughs> yes, this is Elena. and I'm the wellness editor, Josie. So I know I worked with your team to put together an amazing article. Um, and for anyone listening, the article's title with Regina is, I asked a confidence coach how to be more confident in any situation and her tips will change your life. They will. And they have for me personally. So I knew you'd be so amazing on the podcast because not only did our audience respond so much to all of your tips, but I was like, I have so many more questions for Regina because you are you have so much knowledge and so much amazing tips on confidence. And I think that's such a a subject that we all want more of. Like, I don't think that there's anyone in the world who's like, I'm good. I'm confident enough. Like, hopefully that would actually be great. I'm sure you feel that way. But I think we all are constantly like, how do we feel more confident? So we have lots and lots of questions for you. Um, so everyone, we're going to link to the article on the every girl that Regina was so kind to contribute to and to give some amazing tips. So we'll link to that in the show notes. But we are so excited to have this conversation with you and to dive in on all things confidence. So welcome to the Evergirl podcast. Listen, I cannot tell you guys how much I am looking forward to this conversation. I feel like we are on the precipice of so many amazing women finally tapping into their you know, highest potential. And I think that the way to get there, I like to say that you know, the way to confidence, you can drive a luxury vehicle to confidence. So I believe that these ladies that are going to be a part of this podcast and listen in are really going to get some key gems and jewels on how to take their confidence to the next level. So being a confidence coach sounds like a dream job. Tell us a little bit about your background and what led to this career. Did confidence always come so naturally to you? No, I wish I could say that it did, but it hasn't been an an easy journey for me. I think for me as a child, a lot of people don't understand that your confidence is really nurtured when you're in that adolescent stage. And if you're not nurtured properly, you know, you kind of miss out on that pivotal time where you can really embody confidence. And, you know, for me, teachers are supposed to be the people who dream big for you and with you and help you see the world to be this big, beautiful place. And I had, while I had some teachers like that, I did have a teacher in the third grade that, you know, she was oftentimes frustrated with me. Hindsight, looking back, I understand that people go through things. So they, she may have been bringing from some of her, you know, her things at home in the workplace, but, you know, she was often very frustrated with me. And I remember one day she kind of like put her hand to the table and she was like, you know, you'll never be able to read or write past her third grade level. And when she told me that guys, I was like, what? (laughs) And I took it literally, like I literally, Breathed it in, I ate it, I swallowed it, and that became my identity. I felt like from that early age of third grade on that I was not good enough. And I actually just have always in the back of my mind, like put off opportunities because I said, well, I'm just not smart enough, you know? And it came from that moment, right? How many times in our lives? Those little moments that you think, you know, like, you know, they used to say on the playground, like sticks and stones may break your bones, but words will never hurt you. That is a lie, girlfriend. Like, you know, those words actually didn't hurt me. They destroyed me. They killed that little girl in me that dreamed big for herself. And so I've always had, you know, as a child struggle with learning and, you know, 
in class, when you won a spelling bee or when you did the test right, you got rewarded, right? Which mm-hmm. I think that's needs to change. But, you know, for those who are, of us who were struggling and they t- try to take me out of the classroom and things like that, like to get learning because I didn't learn like everyone else later come to find out, like I'm actually pretty darn smart. <laughs> and, you know, I've had to, I learned through different ways. I like to sing, I like to dance. I'm an artistic visual person. And so later on I had to redefine who I was as a woman. And as I began to grow up, I, it was wasn't actually until uh, my mother passed away that I decided that I was going to take life into my own hands. She died at 55. And I said, I'll be darned if I'm going to go through my life feeling like I'm not smart enough, feeling like I'm dumb, feeling wow. like I'm feeling like I'm a nobody, feeling like, you know, there's no hope for me. And I just have to live the life that life has given me and I can't create my own. And when she passed away, I was like, it stops today. I'm going to take my life back. I'm going to define who Regina Bonds is, and I'm going to do everything that I desire to do, which included going to college. So I then went to college and got my bachelor's in psychology, life coaching, and got a master's in women's counseling. So look at me now. (laughs) Wow. Yes. Look at you now. Oh my gosh. That is so incredible. Thank you for sharing that with all of us. Your story is so inspiring. What I'm hearing from you that's really fascinating is how much confidence comes from childhood and and what we're kind of told from childhood and what our teachers tell us, probably what our parents tell us, what our friends talk to us about, you know, that it's very much deeply rooted in us as children. But it's also really interesting to see you have changed your confidence. So it's like, while a lot of it is instilled in you as a child, you can change it as an adult is what I'm kind of hearing from your story. What really is confidence? Because I, I think a lot of people confuse it for arrogance or maybe being performative. So what is your definition and and what does it really look like? Confidence is, it's something that you can't put one word to. I think it's a combination of things. You know, confidence is seeing yourself as valuable and, and to know that your worth is not determined by who you are, but what you are, right? Or as, as, I'm saying as as a human, as being present on this earth without accolades, without any degrees, you know, we try to get those things, those materialistic things to make us look better and feel better about about ourselves. But on a base level, you're good enough. The fact that you came into this time, space, and reality means that you're worthy of being here and taking up space. So confidence is that that worthiness piece that says without anyone or anybody telling me anything about myself, I know on a cellular level that I'm worthy, right? Wow. Yes. That's just a small piece, you know, and it goes deeper, you know, then confidence is also about competency. You know, once you deal with that worth part, then you got to start to incorporate, you know, learning who you are, right? Competency. You've got to become, in order for me to know you, Josie, and to know you, I have to become a study of myself. I have to study the subject called Regina in order to be confident in her. Right. And so, so many times people go through life, they want to study Kim Kardashian and they want to study Oprah, which are two of my favorites, by the way, you know, um, all these people, but have you studied you? And once you get to know you, then you'll tap into a confidence that can't be destroyed by outside people, outside things, outside anything, because you just come into this place of calling self home. 
Okay, I have to, this is incredible. Um, I have so many thoughts. So being anyone who's on social media, anyone who's on the internet, you open yourself up to criticism from people you have never even met. I actually, just yesterday we were in the office and I got a comment about my beauty and makeup or my makeup and how I dressed yesterday and my look. And it was like scathing. It was brutal. And Josie was like, oh my God, are you okay? And I was like, yeah, I don't give, I don't give a shit. Like, but how would you advise anyone out there study themselves? How do you, how do they get to that point? Yes. How do they, you know, it took me a long time earlier on when, when I was entering the social space 10 years ago, it hit me like a ton of bricks. If I got anything negative, anything that was less than like, well, that's not what I meant. Oh no, they, I did it wrong. They didn't like it. And now I'm at a place where I'm like, I don't care. I, I feel good about myself today, but I don't even know how I got there. So I'd love if you could give like, what does that mean to study yourself? What do those steps look like to, to find themselves? Yeah, that, that's a wonderful question. I think it, you have to really go through a chapter of isolation. And this chapter of isolation doesn't mean that you don't ever go out and socialize or you, but there's going to come a place in your life. And I'm pretty sure, in fact, I'm probably 99.9% sure that both of you guys have experienced this along with the woman who, the woman, the women who are going to listen to this podcast. There's a stage in your life that you go through where you just feel like no matter who you're around, no matter if it's mom, dad, family, girlfriends, you know, best friends, there's a season in your life that you go through where you just don't feel seen. Have you ever had that time in your life where you just, oh, felt, yes. you know, they're here, but they're not here, you know, yes. you go through those. I think that season, some would call it the dark night of the soul. And there's all types of names for things like this, but it is in that moment where there's a divine opportunity for you to tap into the essence of you, right? And the reason I believe that you don't feel seen is because what you really seek is to see self. You're trying to find yourself. Yes. You know, we blame it on external things, but you're really what you're really seeking for and you're thirsting for is to how can I feel at home in my own body? And that looks like, you know, step one, it looks like you being honest about who and what you like. I cannot tell you how many times I ask a person who they are or, or what they like and they don't know. You know, they they say, oh, I like ice cream. And, you know, well, but like, who are you? Like, what do you like? Like, what are your standards? What are your boundaries? And I think there's a season in your life that you go through where, number one, you have to define who you're going to be in this life. It doesn't mean that it's permanent. You may change it in two years, five years, but you have to have some level of a compass that's going to help you navigate how you're going to move forward. So defining who you desire to be, that, that would be step one for me. Define who you actually want to be. And sometimes I tell my clients, you know, create an alter ego. If you find it hard in the beginning to really tap into who am I? Like, who do I desire to be in this world? What's my purpose? Sometimes I say, you know, tap into an alter ego. What would Beyonce do? Like, what would Oprah do? Sasha Fierce. (laughs) Yeah, you can turn on that Sasha Pierce and be like, you know what? What would the highest version of Regina do? And if you don't know that highest version, then you may have to borrow someone else's belief and that's okay. So I think, you know, stepping into defining who you desire to be and then step two would be finding the courage to pursue that. 
right? You know, I think there's a lot of virtues in life, but as the great Maya Angelou said, you know, if you don't have courage, you can't even pretend to do the rest of the virtues. So you have to have courage to really, this is, okay, this is who I want to be. Then you got to have the courage to actually step into it, put the clothes on, put the persona, put it on, wear it, be it, right? And then you have to move into this after you have this courage, then you got to stay committed. So that would be the journey, I think, that takes a woman from not quite feeling so confident or being worried about what other people say about her. When she learns to go within, she'll never go without. Wow. That is a really freaking powerful answer. It kind of reminds me like this idea of, I forget where I heard this, but it's, you know, when someone's like, oh, you know, Josie, who are you? Tell us about yourself. I start with my job. I'm the wellness editor of The Every Girl. You know, you like always start with your career. And someone was like, why don't we start with, I have this passion for philosophy that I, you know, am a sister. Like, why don't we start with the the things that like, like, why is the job first? And so it, it's kind of reminding me what you're saying that we are so focused on just the accolade of what is your job title. It's like, that's how we define ourselves and other people in this culture that, that there is less focus on like, what are we like? Who do we actually want to be? What is our truest selves? Why is it so hard for us to know who we are? And why do we have to get to a point as adults that we actually have to start learning who are we instead of kind of just being raised and always having that assurance on who we are? Yeah, Josie, that is a phenomenal question. And I think it starts as a child. You know, as early as you can remember, you know, you think about being in a classroom, even in kindergarten, you know, show and tell, bring your favorite thing to school. And what do you want to be when you grow up? Society puts such pressure on us to not be creative in who we're becoming, but to look outside, find someone you want to be like, and tell me, oh, I see a firefighter. I want to be a firefighter. Oh, I see a police officer. I want to be. And so we're taught that our role in society defines us. But in all actuality, our role in society is just, you know, it's an added piece, but who we are is much deeper. Who we are, are, are we're so, we're, we're vast, we're timeless. You exist, both of you guys, all of us, we exist outside of time, space, and reality. And I think as we begin to, the world begins to open up to more of this consciousness, we're starting to see, wait a minute, I'm just not a confidence coach is what I do. Who is Regina? And we're really starting to ask those deep questions, which brings us to this you know, new horizon where we get to decide, wait a minute, I can be genuine and sensual and untamed and and decide to be balanced and all of these things. And I don't have to fit the mold of what you think I should be. I could decide for myself that a firefighter just doesn't fit me. Like, you know, a police officer is nowhere near what I want to be a painter. And that's what I'm going to be. And, you know, and I think we're just opening up to that. But to answer your question in a smaller way, I feel like, the reason why we do that is because it's been taught, it's been inundated in us from childhood to be what we be, not be who we are. What do you want to be when you grow up? Yeah. Yeah. Totally. That makes so much sense that that's so integrated into our culture that it becomes the way that we think. What are some like tangible tips for someone to start doing so that they get to know that deep soul level of themselves? Yeah. So I love this. So this is the yummy part for me. So I feel like what I would say do is I want you to get out a timer 
And I want you to set a timer either on your cell phone, whatever, whatever device you have that can set a time for you. And I want you to time it for, you know, maybe 30 seconds to a minute. And when that timer goes, I want you to have a piece of paper and a pen out. And I want you to write until the timer runs out everything that you love. It could be, I love, I love drawing. I love art, like everything that you love. Right. And I don't want you to stop or think about what you're writing until after that timer ends. When the timer ends, what you're going to do is you're going to go back through and read everything that you wrote and you're going to begin to see a common thread. I guarantee you it's it's psychology. You're going to see a common thread of things that are in common. And in that, you're going to find a pathway, a light to purpose. And how you dig down deeper is you find the common things that, that are on your list. After you find them, then what you do is you say, Hmm. If I could pick something that I didn't have to get paid to do, but I would still love to do it, what would that be? I know it's simple, but it's deep because that helps us to go past the, you know, the base level of our mind and go deeper. And it causes us to dig like, what would I really do? And then you'll start to tie those things that you wrote in with the thing that you would love to do. And you'll start just finding slowly something that you would like to start doing. Because I feel like too, we're all looking for one big purpose, right? Like what's what's my one thing that I'm here? Well, I think we're so multifaceted humans. Like there's not just, we're too big for one thing, right? There's things that we're supposed to do while we're here on planet earth. So I think it's worth the exploration. So many times we want to get to that end destination, but we forget that the journey is the most beautiful part. And so I would say to those who are trying to find their purpose, do the things, the little techniques that I gave you, finding yourself. Um, I also give you some more, but most importantly, enjoy your journey of becoming because you'll get to a place where you think you've reached it all. And then you'll look back and say, what was the journey like? Because you didn't take time to enjoy who you were becoming in the process. Wow. I love that. I love that technique. I can think of, thank you for sharing that. I can think of having a conversation with one of my closest friends years ago because she really didn't know what she wanted to do with her life. And and to me, it was like, oh, what, what do you love doing? What, what brings you joy? Like, what are those things you love doing in your free time? And she's like, I don't know. I don't think I love anything. And I'm like, of course you do. You just, it takes time to like train the brain to think more introspectively and, and like, even like think about yourself and how you're feeling in certain situations. That's a really good point. It makes me think of this, you know, if you're in, so some people right now, they would not be able to tap into that soul level of finding purpose because they're in survival mode. Okay. So when you're in survival mode, you're in what I call a fight or flight and you're just trying to do whatever is possible to bring a little bit of ease. That's why you see someone who may be a cancer patient, but they keep smoking, you know, because they just want something to bring them a little bit of fulfillment because they're in this state of, I've got to survive. I'm not thinking long-term. I'm not thinking, you know, next year, five years, 10 years. That's why you see somebody with, you know, maybe diabetes and they may say, I want the whole bag of Reese's because they're in this place right? Of someone gets a weight loss surgery and then they go eat it all back because they haven't dealt with the root, 
right? And so what I would say to a woman who was like, okay, Regina, I've done that and I still don't feel good and I still don't know what to do, then you have to go to the root, the essence of who you are. And what that looks like is you doing what I call a shift with reprogramming yourself. And that starts with what I like to use as a meditation. Some forms of meditation could be mindful meditation where every day you practice at least five to 10 minutes of actually going outside and listening, being present. Maybe that's touching your skin to like remind yourself, don't live in tomorrow, don't live in yesterday, but I'm right here in this moment and all that matters is this moment, right? Doing things that bring you into the now because the now is the only thing that exists. And so to that woman who may be on that journey of like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't feel like I know my purpose. I don't even know where to start. I tried the list. It doesn't work. Then you need to go deeper and you need to just practice mindfulness and come back to home. When you do that through through meditation, through simple gratitude journaling, five to 10 things you're grateful for, reading books, really just taking the load off yourself and releasing through journaling, then you'll be able to open up that pathway that's going to lead you to even thinking about a purpose. But you can't think about it if you're in survival mode. So when you say survival mode for the audience who doesn't know, that means like chronic stress, like when your body is constantly being told there's danger here. And I know in today's world, you know, we're not running from a tiger. We don't need the immediate release of all of the different effects in the body that's telling us we have to run away Instead, we have like work deadlines and a fight with our significant other and things that are not these like huge events to run away from and are instead just a chronic buildup. So is that what you mean when you say survival mode means obviously things like like severe threats, like something like a health scare, but also just chronic stress over time can kind of hinder our ability to know ourselves, which then hinders our ability to feel confident in that? Absolutely. You hit the nail on the head. That is exactly what I what I mean when I say that. So many of us in today's world, we are stressed. Yes. And we're overworked. We don't even know the difference anymore between burnout and just doing what you got to do. It's like no one takes a break anymore. And if you take a break, you sit on the couch. And I'm going to be honest with you guys. I struggle with this myself. You know, mm-hmm. I sit on the couch and I'm like, I'm going to try to take this break. And then I immediately think like, well, am I to take a break? I need to get up and finish this and I need to do yes. this. Nice. You know, like, let's just be honest. We all face it. No one's perfect, but we really have to just tap into ourselves and set boundaries for ourselves because when we set boundaries, that helps us stay in a mode where we're able to stay out of that survival mode. And also too, guys, like let's talk about trauma is stored in your cells. So it may not even be, some of us are dealing with things that are generational. Yes. Things that your mom dealt with when she carried you. Thank you that your grandma dealt. It's on a cellular level. It's in your DNA. And so you really have to study this subject called you, right? To get to the deep root of what's causing you to be in this state of survival mode. Totally. So knowing yourself on not just the levels of like, what am I passionate about? What do I want to do with my life? What's my purpose? But knowing yourself, knowing kind of where triggers coming up, right? Like where is there maybe deeply rooted trauma? Like it sounds like the definition of confidence really is just knowing on the deepest possible level, right? Who you are. So let's say, so someone does all these amazing uh, rituals that you are recommending, feels the sense of like, okay, I I know who I am. I, I feel good about that. Maybe their confidence is building. What happens when something like a big life change, like going through a heartbreak, you know, getting let go from a job, your body changing for whatever reason, having kids, medications, 
you know, changes in lifestyle. Like what happens when you feel that self-assurance of this is who I am, but then something kind of comes to like attack your confidence or is the purpose to be so sure in who you are that those things don't even bother you? Like what's your advice for that? Yeah. I never want to say or portray that things aren't supposed to bother you. You know, we are here to have a human experience. So yes, things will come, things will bother you, things will... But what what I tend to do is I have a toolbox and I think I share with this with the girls over at Every Girl, but, you know, it's the tools that you have, right, that can help you when you do find yourselves in a situation. I mean... Like heartbreak, that's one of the hardest things, you know, getting your heart broken, you know, losing your job, those things. But when you begin to anchor yourself, know yourself, create a home in yourself, I like to think of my inside world as a garden. Like I go there and I feel like that scene, you know, in the Michael Jackson, he did a video where the little girl is like in this beautiful tropical place. Yes, totally. I feel inside of myself. And as I create that, when something comes outside that affects me and really like hurts me or bothers me, I'm able to go there and rest. Right. And so that's why I say build that inner world because when you do, and also like actually go back and nurture the little girl in you because I'm telling you, she has something to say. Even if you think you had the best childhood where mom and dad were both present and all these things, like there's something. Parents only parent us the best way they know how. They, they're making mistakes and you learn that as you become an adult. You're like, yeah, I don't know why I told my parents all this, but you know, like you have to really nurture that little girl in you because that's who's on the inside, right? That's who's on the inside. When you get upset, when your heart is broken, you kind of feel yourself go into this like, why me? you know? And so I teach my clients how to not be the victim anymore, but to learn how to be the victor. So when something happens, it's not a why me? Why has this happened to me? Why is this happening to me? It's more so what is this teaching me? That's good. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's a power instead of a place of victimhood. Like you're helpless. You are always in power. You can always change the circumstances. You can always use what's happening to you as a mirror for how you can change what's really bothering on the inside of you. And so I say, it's not about why is this happening? It's about what is this teaching me? I love that. I was going to ask you a question because I know a big part of just, I guess, culture nowadays, especially at work, is is creating a culture of feedback, healthy feedback, giving and receiving, right? And something I, I struggled with over the years, again, just looking back at my mid-20s to where I am now, is how do you... What if you get a piece of feedback or, or you know, if maybe it's harsher than you intend and it really conflicts with that sense of self that you've built for yourself that like, you know, I, you know I've had that happen multiple times where someone tells me something and I'm like... <gasps> that's not who I am. No way am I like that. But it's but that's someone's perception and experience with you. And I guess, do you have any advice for coming to terms with like making room for feedback and others, other people's experience with you, but, but not letting it define you? I don't know. Like what's the balance there? That's such a good question. You know, I, I feel like when um, someone's giving feedback, I come to the table knowing that what other people say about me is actually none of my business. But if by chance I open up and I give you that space to give me feedback and it causes me to have to look inside of myself and say, 
is it possible that something in me is, you know, what they say? You know, asking myself those questions and being honest with myself, because here's the thing, you know, when people give you feedback, if you're in survival mode, you're automatically going to want to defend yourself. And I found that a lot with women who have daddy issues. Maybe he was even there, but he just kind of didn't give you that, that love, that nurture that you really, that nurturing that you needed. I find that a lot with women who have like maybe some daddy issues as a girl, but you kind of get in this defense mode. Like, that's not who I am. Like, hold up, wait a minute. Like you're going to have to back a little bit. Like, you know, but I can't explain it. But once you really like develop this sense of who you are for yourself and you create these boundaries and you love yourself truly for who you are, when people begin to give you feedback, you take what you know you should work on and you say, I received that. What you don't want to receive, you can say something as simple to yourself as like, I'm letting that roll off my back. Like, I'm not, I don't accept that. That's not who I am. And it doesn't even have to be their business. They don't even have to verbally hear you say that unless it's that, you know, place where they are really disrespecting you. You have to stand up for yourself. I'm not talking about that. But if it's feedback that you feel like it's not quite who you are, it's okay to say in your mind mentally, like, I want to throw that in the garbage. That I'm not keeping that. I want to shake that off. I love that. That's how I felt with that feedback yesterday. But there's been the feed, there's been the feedback like when it's just, you know, rude. But you know, when it's someone you care about or or someone yeah. whether you work with or live with or have a relationship with and you know, they tell you something you maybe didn't want to hear or didn't even know about yourself. Um yeah. No, thank you. That was really insightful. Absolutely. Thank you to Cove for sponsoring today's episode of the Every Girl podcast. Anyone out there who suffers from migraines knows how debilitating and straight up miserable they are. I've gotten them for a few years now. And when one kicks in, it's like my life stops. I can't work. I miss social functions. I struggle to even take care of my kids. Instead, I'm stuck in bed with an ice pack over my eyes, close to tears, just wishing it would stop. Fortunately, Cove is an online migraine clinic that provides start to finish migraine care. I was able to input my medical history and symptoms previous medications and treatments, and meet with a doctor who specializes in migraines. The best part is it's all online. They provided me with a personalized and affordable treatment plan and delivered my prescription medication right to my doorstep. Head to www.withcove.com backslash everygirl today to book your own virtual consultation and get the treatment you need to stop the pain and get back to living. So, I mean, in terms of I'd love to just go back a little, actually go back a lot of it to when you said that really pivotal time in your life when you lost your mother and you were going to, that was it for you. That was the moment when you were going to make that change. Can you tell us a little bit more about what that was like? Like what, what happened next? Like what did that journey look like for you that brought you to where you are today? Oh, it was a windy road. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I would love to say that after that happened, I was on top of the world and I, you know, I it had I to be, it had to be a journey. And yeah, it was a journey because I think I was such in a state of uh, shock yeah. that I kind of hid behind. I'm going to go to school. And then on top of this, guys, I had a child straight out of high school. 
child right out of high school, my mom dies, and I decide that I'm going to go back to college, right? And when my mother passed away, I've never said this before, but I lived with my mom and my dad. But when she passed away, I left the house. I never came back. I never went back. So I didn't even get clothes. I went to my my sister's house and I literally lived there. Like I, I went there one day. I think I had like a bag and I had a job interview the next day at a, a nationwide insurance. And um, I got the job. I never went back home. So wow. I, I just built my wardrobe from, yeah. from going there that day. So I never went back home. And so here I am, child out of high school, mother passes away. I don't process it in that moment. I'm like in this mode of like, I got to be a mom now. I don't even know how to I don't have a mother. Like I'm not nurtured myself. So I'm in survival mode. I'm going to college. All of these things are happening at the same time. And, you know, then I've always had this passion for fashion. So I've always wanted to be in the fashion industry. So I went to college starting off before I switched to psychology. I started off with a fashion merchandising uh, degree. So that's what I wanted to do. And then I was like, you know, they were teaching me colors and stuff like that. I'm like, okay, I'm not paying this much for that. Uh, (laughs) I already know this. (laughs) (laughs) All these things like they I'm like, I'm not going to pay for this. So I really started to search within myself, like, who am I? and What do I like? And I really like studying the mind, like, Mm -hmm. and knowing why we do the things we do. Like, you know, I've always been this fascinating things and I can read people intuitively. That's just me. I'm an empath. So I wanted to tie in like how the mind works and all those things, the subconscious. I'm really into that stuff and metaphysics and all of those things. Yeah, yeah. That stuff. So I started to do like on the side, I, I, I've never, every job I've had, I've got fired or I quit. Like I've never felt at home working for someone else. Okay. I'm such yeah. an untamed woman. <laughs> I don't I like that. I don't like being told like what time I need to be there. What time, <laughs> unless it's something that I'm, you know, unless it's something that, and I'm honest about that. That's just yeah. always been like who I've been deep and so people like us, we kind of like have to find our own way. So every yeah. job I got, I knew I was just doing it to get by. Mm-hmm. You know, I lived off of college money. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be honest. You know, I lived off college money. I did styling on the side. So I would do makeovers for people. I would go to their house, like fix their closets and do makeovers for them. And they would pay You're me. just an entrepreneur from the get-go. Yeah. And so, and I was broke. <laughs> I was so broke. I was stupid broke. Like, you know. <laughs> I don't even like I've, I've had my share of like getting government assistance and all those. I've been through it all. That journey was tedious. And there were days where I would just remember sitting in a room like, am I ever going to be able to do this? Is it ever going to be possible for me? Like, I feel like such a failure. I have no mom. I have a baby. The father's not even in his life. Like, you know, who am I? I'm so like a nobody. I'm exactly what that third grade teacher told me. I am mom. You know, those are things. And to be honest, women do that. Oh, yeah. Yes. We we beat up on ourselves. We tell ourselves the things that we don't need to tell ourselves. And we just put ourselves in such a low place. And so like, I remember I was at work and I just 
Like I would go home, ladies, and I would literally like spend time with my son and I would go get in the bed. Like I had no life because I was depressed. And I remember going to, we had a nurse on our job and I went there to her. I was like, something's not right with my body. I don't know what's going on with me. Like, I think I'm sick. And she looked at me in the eye and she's like, do you, are you doing what you love to do? Mm. And I was like, whoa, like you're supposed to be telling me what kind of medicine I need to take. They're like telling me like, am I doing what I love to do? And I think, you know, we always, I think we always get those whispers, right. That kind of help us get back on track. And I, it was in that moment where I felt like at my lowest and she's like, are you doing, she's like, I have this sense that you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. Wow. And I'm like, who is this lady? Like, why is she telling yeah. me this? And she was like, you know, what you're experiencing is actually just depression. You were depressed, you know? And she was like going through all the symptoms that I proved that I was depressed by all the questions she asked. And she was like, what I encourage you to do is make you a 30-day plan and to go pursue what you love doing. So again, it was an on and off again journey of entrepreneurship working so that I can kind of like provide for myself. And right. then finally it all got to click and it all made sense. And it led me into this journey of confidence coaching. And I think, and I'm very relentlessly, ruthlessly passionate about confidence and women in business and all these things and abundance, because I totally redesigned my life with my own imagination. That's what did this. And I got to create it. And that power is available to everybody. I don't care where you're from, where you're at right now in your life, who loves you, who doesn't love you, who doesn't like you. You have the power to create a life that you absolutely love. And I'm a living proof of that. I wake up every morning and I say to myself, like, wait a minute, I'm a single woman. I get to go where I want to go. I can fly wherever I want to go. I can take my son on trips. My son wanted to go to Nobu for his birthday. And I'm like, let's go, you know? And we get on a plane and like go to Nobu <laughs> for dinner. Like, you know, I love I, that he knows about Nobu. <laughs> <laughs> I just learned about Nobu. <laughs> He's a, yeah, it's very cool. Oh yeah, he's totally into that stuff. Yeah, so he, that's amazing. That's amazing. I love that you had that like random encounter that completely pivoted the course pivot. for yourself. Mm-hmm. But that you were also like able to pick up on it and accept it. Yeah. Like, that that was if you hadn't been in that. Yeah, you made the changes. Did you ever feel an imposter syndrome as you were starting this business and and kind of uh, once you had that realization, this is me, this is what I meant to do, did you question that at all? Did you question, am I, do I know how to do this? Do I know the right thing? Like, holy moly, yes. Yes. Do you hear that from a lot of clients? We hear that all the time from women about imposter syndrome. Oh gosh, imposter syndrome is such a big thing. And I definitely felt that because I'm like, you know, who am I? Again, those things come back to visit us. They don't leave. I just have the tools now to address them, talk to them, have a conversation with it and move past it. Right. I let it come through my body and I let it, you know, flow. And then I release it and I let it go. So yes, imposter syndrome. I think I experienced less and less of it now because again, I have really done the work. The work that I tell people to do, I've done it. Yeah. But in the past... Uh, when I first got started, I, no one, I didn't know a confidence coach, guys. Right. 
I didn't know one. I didn't know one that were was teaching and making money off of it. You know what I mean? Like actually profiting from their passion and saying that I'm a confidence coach. Hey, pay me, you know? So it was just, I had courage. I had to do that whole process that I walked through. Like I had to say, who am I going to be? I had to have the courage to do it. And I had to have the commitment to know that if I keep, sorry, that's my um, smoothie uh, alarm. <laughs> I got to drink a smoothie. I love but, the alarm for it. <laughs> <laughs> Healthy habits. If I keep moving through this process that I would eventually get to where I desire to mm-hmm. be. But imposter syndrome is something that's very real and it is a lie. Because here's the thing that I want women to understand when they're asking themselves, are they qualified? When they're asking themselves, who am I to do this? Not only is your college experience or your, you know, your on the job experience count, but your your personal experience counts. What have you been through? What have you walked yourself through? And how have you overcame things in your personal life? That is your experience. Right. And Mm -hmm. I think. We give ourselves a bad rep by saying, well, I don't have the accolades and I don't have the on the job experience, but what have you done in your personal life to overcome some stuff, to show those attributes that are going to contribute to a job or to a career? Like you are definitely worthy of whatever you desire. It sounds like like acknowledge that, that what imposter syndrome is, it sounds like is kind of like evidence that you're not worthy. So instead what you're saying is to look for evidence that you are worthy. Is that what it is? Look for the evidence. Oh, that's so good. I'm going to use that. <laughs> Feel free. Take it. Take it, Regina. <laughs> look for the evidence of whenever something is triggering you, right? Look for the evidence of how you can prove that something wrong, right? Yeah. You know, uh, what have you done before? If you did it before, you can do it again. What have you overcome in the past? Did you go through a heartbreak before? Did you overcome it? Like whenever I experience things like that, especially heartbreak, I think to myself, like, I remember that time where, you know, I thought my life was over because that guy like didn't work out and then I found a better guy after. And every time yeah. it just getting better. So I'm like, I'm excited to see who I'm going to meet next. Like, I think you just have to learn Find the evidence of things always get to work out for me. That's a must live by. Things always get to work out for me. I live by it and somehow they always do. That's I love that. The affirmation of things always work out for me. Like I'm I'm gonna write that on a, a post-it note, stick it up in my fridge, manifest on the it. mirror. Any yeah, <laughs> manifest it. It's so true. So I, I love that. Yes, I'm a totally, I'm totally into manifestation. I'm a big oh manifester. Gosh. I'm just and learning so, about it. Oh my God, girls, we can talk about manifestation all day. <laughs> my life is manifested, right? And so yes. I keys and all the things to manifest. And then yes, I always find the evidence of how something is actually working out for me as versus how it's not working out for me. Because the, the truth is, I am the creator. I get to decide and I get to show what I want my world to look like. But it's up to me to go inside that garden and actually sit with myself and create it from the inside out. From the inside out. Yes. Oh my gosh, Regina, we have to have you on for another episode all about manifestation because I would have so many questions. I'm like the biggest manifestation nerd. I love it so much. I've been like talking to this ear off explaining it. Yeah. So we'll have to have you on it for another to just dive into all of that. But just, I, I know this maybe is like a little bit of manifestation, but I'm curious of, you know, especially with people who are dealing with imposter syndrome, how do you help them 
find the confidence to like go after big goals and dreams, like both in career, but also, you know, how do you get them to feel like they're worthy of maybe like a really amazing, healthy relationship when they've told themselves in the past, I'm only worthy of an unhealthy relationship or, um, you know, just overall, how do you help clients find the confidence to go after their dreams instead of just like feel good at how they are? How do you get them to want to go even further to who they could be? Yeah. Well, I have I have to help them go back. You got. I think you really do have to go back before you can go forward, and you have to rewrite your script. Anything that has happened to you that has caused you to retreat or to isolate or to feel like you're not good enough, you have to go back and you have to address those stories and you have to rewrite your story. And then I teach them to believe, right? And how I teach belief is not like anybody else teaches belief, girl. Let me just tell you, you know, people are like, just believe in yourself. Well, I break down the word and I say like, like spell belief, right? Spell belief. And it's, of course, it's a lot deeper than this, but I take them through a journey, but I ask them to spell the word belief. And the first part of belief is B-E-L-I-E. And I tell them, until you're able to fully embody who this person you desire to be is, you're going to have to be the lie. That's good. That's what belief will be for you for a little bit until you you and this highest version of yourself begin to merge and to begin to become one with each other. Because right now you're in, you're in, it's like your highest version of yourself and your, your human self is kind of like, I'm worthy, but I'm not worthy. And I'm good enough, but oh no, I'm not good enough. And every time something happens, you're kind of like fluctuating. But I live by frequency. And I use this tool that I've never told anybody about before, uh, other than my, my students and my tribe. It's like, I look at life as a radio station, right? And I even have it tattooed on my arm. I, and a lot of us do in my tribe, we have 77.7 tattooed on our arms because we believe in you know, you are a frequency and you are a vibration. Whatever you are thinking, being, doing, this taps into manifestation too, is, 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 is sending out a vibration to this world. It's sending out, it's like you're an antenna and anything that you think, anything that you're doing, anything that you're being is sending out and giving you back every, that likeness, right? And so you've got to begin to fine tune your tuner to put it on the station you actually want to receive from. Yeah. You get what you put out. That's your like you get what you put yeah. out. Right. Yeah. And so my thing is every day is not going to be perfect. But what happens when the radio gets a little static in it? And I call it 66.6. It could be a radio station on your, you know, your station where it's like it's staticky and you never can hear no good music on there. Nobody listens to that. Like that's such a bad station. Well, you have that station in your life too that you can tune into and everything can be bad. Oh my God, somebody hit me. Oh my God, my tire just went. It's always something happening to me. Like I can't win. Like all of these things that you're saying, putting out that... That frequency is going out there and bringing you back more of it because you haven't took the time to change your station into a station that you can flow to and say, oh, yes, my tire did go flat, but I'm thankful that I wasn't on the highway because I could have actually spent over and hit someone else. And it, today could have been like my funeral, but, but you know, I'm grateful that it's just my tire blowed out. Mm-hmm. Like changing perspective. Yeah. It's almost like alchemy. You got to like change it. You got to turn, 
You got to turn ish to go. You got to <laughs> change how you see it and change your radio station. And some would call that a rampage or, you know, talking yourself out of it. But when, when something bad happens and you want to stay in your confident place, believe the lie. Right. And then you got to work on changing your tuner and tuning in to whatever you want to receive back. And that's how you're going to keep that confidence, nurture that confidence and bring more of that confidence in. It's all about that radio station that you're tuned into. Oh, that's I love that analogy of the radio station. That's so, so good. What are some like really tangible things someone could do right now to tune into that radio station and to be the lie? What is that like? tangibly look like on a day-to-day kind of detailed micro basis? Yes. Okay. So the detailed version is write down ideally like what you're doing in this world that you can create. There is no limits. If you could have anything, if you could be anything, if you could do anything, write down what your world would actually look like. What are you eating? What are you driving? What are you wearing? What size are you? Who are you with? Are you married? Do you have your children? Like all of the things, right? That write it out as detailed as you possibly can. And then what you need to do is be the lie. Live like her every single day. It's the simplest thing. And you may feel like an imposter at first, but if you keep believing the lie, I've gotten so deep into this that. You know, I have to bring myself back like, wait a minute, you know, you're not the millionaire yet. You're, you're getting there, <laughs> you know what I mean? But I have to literally come and remind myself because I so embody that. That's so who I am. That's so who I'm choosing to be that everything in my life begins to reflect that. So the tool that the, the most powerful tool is what that I would give you is to do that ideal, write that down. And then I would tell you to follow the actor's tool. You got the leading role. You're the producer of this movie. You're also the director and you're also the main character. I need you to win the best award. Like you need to win the Oscar and you've got to act this thing out so good that no one, have you ever seen, um, you know, Ray Charles or Muhammad Ali, those movies where they acted so much like the person that if you see him in another movie, you're like, I remember when he played that part. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, it's so true. So good that they embodied it. And that's what you've got to do in order to marry where you are to where you want to be. You got to use confidence to act that thing out until it becomes real and tangible and everything that you want it to be. Like be that version of you you want to be. Yes, you got to be. Even if it's a lie right now. Yes, (laughs) even if you know it's just acting. I love it. Then you believe it. it Act it out and win that Oscar and I guarantee you you will begin to mold into that person and you'll look back and be like, wait, did I just do that? I do that every day. I'm like, wait, did I just do, did I just create? That's the best feeling. That's the best actor support, you know? Like that's simple as that. That's amazing. I have so many more questions for you. Um, I know we're short on time. We have one more question before we have a few fun rapid fire questions. Okay. Everyone listening, I know all of us on the line, we all have those people in our life that we care about that, you know, are whether they're family or friends or colleagues who need a bit of help also. So do you have any advice on how we can help 
encourage confidence in others. Like when we see maybe people with it lacking and it just, it, it, I know it can like hurt your heart to be like, no, you're, you're more than that. Like, do you have any advice on how we can help those around us also improve? Yeah, I think it's important, especially in this day and time that we hold space for people. And what that looks like is doesn't always look like your words, but sometimes it just looks like you being there first. Because I've often felt like when someone comes and just tries to give me, again, it's a version of feedback and you haven't sit with me, you don't know what I'm going through, you don't know who I am, then I really don't take your advice that serious, right? Unless I've just known you to be this person up here. But sometimes you just need to be there for a person. So I would say that would be the first step. Before you try to intrude and tell somebody what they should do and you're better than that, like sit with them and actually let them share with you. I don't know if you guys are familiar with uh, Dr. Brene Brown, but she has an amazing series on, um, I can't remember, is it Netflix? I'm not sure. But she has an amazing series where she's talking about like human needs. And, you know, one of the things that she talked about is like, Actually being there for someone without you having to, well, this is what I would do. Right. You know what I mean? Oh, this is the way you should handle it. And it yes. totally makes it about you and not about them. Yeah, totally. Space for someone. Actually care. If they're really going through something and you see their confidence lacking, pull them to the side and say, do you want to talk? Like, don't just intrude and say, you're so much better than this. Yeah. No one wants to hear that. Right. Yeah. When you sit down and you hold space and you let someone talk it out, you will be surprised on how many of my sessions are them walking themselves out of it. And I literally just hold space. Absolutely. And That's so, you, so powerful. It's so powerful. As the person who wants to encourage other people, you've got to make sure that your vessel is clean and empty because you can't hold anybody else through anything if you're still trying to hold yourself through a bunch of things. So I always encourage even the life coaches that I've certified and I coach, you know, I tell them to make sure that you have a container that's available to carry someone through something. Because if you don't, you'll be that person who's like, you're better than that. And you you won't be sensitive to what someone's actually needing, which first is a listening ear. Right. So listen first. And then as you listen, they'll open up and say, well, what do you think? And then that's your opportunity to be like, well, thank you for sharing your story for with me. At first, you know, first off, like actually give them appreciation for be, like that's so special that you thought enough of me to like share with me. And then, you know, then you can go in to encourage them. I see where you are. I want you to know that I've never been through that, but I so like I sympathize with you. I can feel and I can so relate. And I want you to know that you're so worthy. Like just something as simple like that. You are enough. Because here's a boundary that I think we need to establish as women is that it is it is not our job to fix people. Yes. That's so, I'm so happy you touch on that. I learned that the hard way in my 20s. <laughs> yeah. It's so hard for people like, you know, us, I, for me, I'm such a person who just wants it to I want to fix it. I want it all to be okay. Yeah. Like, tell me what it is and I want to take your pain away. Yeah, we're nurturers. And when you do that, you put so much on yourself that is not your responsibility. So that's boundary number one when you're helping someone. It's not your responsibility to fix people. Mm-hmm. I love that's that. So Writing true. that down. <laughs> yes. I, I feel like that's so important because so rarely do we actually have the chance to be heard. Like, we don't really get the chance to talk out so we can get to the place where we actually know our own truth and we can solve ourselves 
because we very rarely are in situations where someone is giving us that space of, tell me how you feel and I will actually listen. Like I think, especially as women, we kind of like pick up or at least maybe I'm like hyper aware that I'm like, okay, I know this person's losing interest. So I'm going to stop talking. I'm going to turn the conversation back to them. You know, that we so very rarely have the chance to speak from a place of like genuinely being heard and and support in that way. And I, I really do believe it sounds like you, uh, this is exactly what you teach is that we all have the power to fix our problems, to heal ourselves, to achieve our best life. And it's just kind of giving other people the space so that they can achieve that. They can find that within themselves instead of here's what I think and, and kind of going to that, I'm going to fix you, knowing that they have the power to fix themselves and we just have to give them the space to, to get there, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Amazing. It's such good advice. I think everybody needs to hear that. It, it's so powerful. Um, Regina, thank you so much. We, I know we'll be asking you back because Yay, you have thank you. phenomenal uh, tips, advice, like tangible takeaways that I know really, really, really will change people's lives 100%. So thank you for taking the time. Thank you so much for coming on. Yes. I do not want to keep you from your smoothie time anymore. I know you got to get to your smoothie, um, but we do have some... Oh, you got it. Oh my God. Thank God, Regina, because I've been worried about you having your smoothie ever since your alarm went off. So I'm so happy you have it. But we do have some quick rapid fire questions we'd love to end on um, and wrap up the amazing conversation. First question, who is your ultimate confidence role model? Oprah. Amazing. Yes. <laughs> Same. Go-to song, artist, or playlist that immediately makes you feel more confident. Ooh, that's a good one. Uh, I'd have to say anything of um, Beyonce's. I, yeah. I just feel like I can just the ultimate. Anything she says. <laughs> so good. I know. So, so good. Like you said, you're also quite the fashionista. You have such great style. What item in your closet gives you an instant confidence boost whenever you put it on? A blazer. I love like, a blazer. Just really makes me feel like I can do this. It's a power move. Blazers. It is. It's power move. Especially oh my gosh. the over the shoulder drape. Oh my yeah. god! Yeah, you're like I'm taking over the world when I'm going to drape my blazer over my shoulders. Like shit means business. Exactly. <laughs> I love that. I love that. All right. Last question. Um, if you could leave our audience with a favorite tool, resource, book, TV show, podcast, recommendation, something that's changed your life or really resonated with you, what would you recommend? I would recommend Dr. Joe Dispenza, Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself. That's been a, a phenomenal, a couple of books that I'm going to uh, give you girls. Uh, Dr. Joe Dispenza, anything that he writes, I feel like I'm seen, I am hurt. And of course, I am that psychology, meta, metaphysical type girl. So that's not your jam. That's not your jam. No, that sounds amazing. You're badass at making money or you're a badass. Like those books. Ooh, okay. <laughs> amazing. <laughs> we Should All Be Millionaires by Rachel Rogers. Um, and also The Power of Your Subconscious Mind by Dr. Joseph Murphy and tons of others. They can grow rich by Napoleon yeah. Hill. I just got an arsenal. Let's add, we're going to add all of those to the show notes because they that sounds great. Thank I you. I am taking notes. I'm taking notes. That's <laughs> also good. Regina, thank you so much for being here. Um, if everybody, I know everyone's going to want more of you. Let us know where can people connect with you? Where can they find you? Shout out your Instagram handle, all the good stuff. 
Absolutely. So you can find me on any social media platform under Regina K. Bonds. And um, my website is reginabonds.com. And um, yeah, I'd love to connect with you guys. And I just want you guys to know that you are so needed and necessary. Don't let anybody tell you what you can't be because you can truly be, do, and have whatever you desire. Uh, Regina, you're amazing. (laughs) Thank you so much for being here. Best note to end on. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> <laughs> 